The following presentation is brought to you by The Realm Network, The Bob Seska Show, presented by BubbleGenius.com. From our nation's capital, it is Tuesday, September 11, 2018, and this is The Bob Seska Show, presented by BubbleGenius.com. My name is Bob. Hello, Bob. Coming up on today's show, Buzz Burbank from Buzz Burbank News and Comment is right here. It is uh, 9-11, which means Donald Trump made an ass of himself today. Stupid idiot. Fist pumping at the Flight 93 Memorial. Good God. Fuck you! We'll dig into some new revelations from the Bob Woodward book, including uh, one of Trump's uh, Trump's lawyers referring to him as disabled. Anonymous. This gets crazier and crazier by the second, and I can't wait to get my copy of this book. Obama had some tough love for young voters during his campaign speech last week, and we'll have the audio for you in just a few seconds. You'll be surprised. He really digs in. You gotta vote. You gotta vote, goddammit. But first, if the Twitter toddler in the White House has you completely stressed out, head on over to Bubble Genius and pick up their exclusive Republican voodoo doll featuring the face and body of our cartoon dictator. This item is only available for a limited time, so get yours now. Only $25 at BubbleGenius.com, with a third of the proceeds going to support the campaigns of resistance candidates across the nation. Plus, if you use our promo code BOBC at checkout, you'll get 15% off your entire order only at BubbleGenius.com. And now, let the cartoons begin. Broadcasting from Resistance Headquarters, relentlessly fighting back against the clown dictator and his regime of deplorables. Never give up, never surrender. This is the Bob Seska Show, presented by BubbleGenius.com. Trump wants more money, another 122000 Fuck. He says if he doesn't get it right away, he's going to blow us out of the water, and he means it. All right, pay him. Pay money once. We've got to turn the faucet off on hunting these Cubans, sir. They are out of control. It's Helms. It's got to be Helms. He's behind this. I think we could leverage Helms. Oh. When I met with him, uh, he kind of tipped his hand. Because this entire affair, the president wants you to know, is related to the Bay of Pigs. And if it comes out... This has nothing to do with the Bay of Pigs! I have no concern about the Bay of Pigs! So I was wondering... What's such dynamite in this Bay of Pigs thing? Although it was clearly effective because all of a sudden there was no problem for Helms to go to the FBI and try to put a lid on Watergate. Pardon them all. Nobody's going to investigate a crime for which the criminals have already been pardoned. Yeah, I like that. Pardoning them means we're all guilty. Press the people go nuts. Well, what am I supposed to do? Just sit here and watch them coming closer, eating their way to the center? I Lyndon bugged, so did Kennedy. FDR cut a deal with Lucky Luciano. Christ, eating Eisenhower had a, a mistress. What's so special about me? I just know we've made too many enemies. There's another thing, sir. Bob and I are going to have to testify before the Urban Committee. Are you not? You're going to claim executive privilege. You're going to stonewall it all the way. Plead the Fifth Amendment. I don't give a shit. Executive privilege will just make it look like we're covering up. We are covering up, God's sake. Some petty, stupid shit. You know, there are things I can say when other people say them, they be lies. When I say them, nobody believes me anyway. Bob Seska. Today's Rachel Maddow Show Award for Headline Excellence goes to Bob Seska. The Bob Seska Show. It is the Trump Crisis Day 600. God damn it! Day 600, and we're all still here. Amazing. 55 days until the 2018 midterms and possibly the end of American democracy, according to Malcolm Nance. Oh, and hey, look, right over there, it's TV's Buzz Burbank. Hi, Buzz. Hey, Bob. Hi. It's good to be back again. 
Uh, it's good to talk with you. I know how busy you are uh, because I, I saw your post on Facebook outlining your weekly schedule. And yeah. I, I, I think it's good that you shared that. Uh, I, I would do that with mine, but no one would understand it. <laughs> Because uh, uh, how do you explain eight hours of staring at your computer screen while uh, pecking at a keyboard? Yeah, well, that's but, basically my schedule. So let's not uh, <laughs> let's right. not amplify what I do every week into something oh, monumental. I, oh, I, I, I'm I'm not, but I think it helps people appreciate yeah. uh, what you do and how it it really is a full time job. And well, thank you. Uh, and and they should support you and me for that. That's right. Uh, so we we appreciate it. Uh, those of you who can, mm-hmm. but. Uh, I, I, because of you're so inspiring. I, I said, I think I posted behind. I said, uh, you are the hardest working man in whatever business this is we're in. <laughs> I sit here and I make fart jokes for an hour and a half <laughs> yeah. every day. That's what I do. Well, in, in between the intellectual stuff, yeah, you do. You are, Bob Seska, our lodestar. Ah, that's right. Thank you very much, uh, Mr. <laughs> Vice President. Uh, you're, you're very by, welcome. By the way, speaking of fart jokes, I'm going to be appearing at the uh, Sexy Liberal <laughs> DC show on September 22nd. Get your tickets, goddammit. Goddammit, go right now to sexyliberal.com. Goddammit! And uh, buy your tickets now. Also, VIP passes for backstage, where we're all going to be there to take pictures and selfies and all kinds of fun stuff. Daryl Hammond, Malcolm Nance, Carl Frisch, Charlie Mm -hmm. Pierce, maybe. Uh, We got a definite maybe from Charlie Pierce this morning on the show. Uh, Plus, John Fugel sang, and of course, Mama herself, Stephanie Miller. That is sexy, by the way, except for... Except for the fart noises. And I just don't, I don't want to spoil the fun for you kids, but, uh, you know, I just, uh, it's not, it doesn't work with the sexy label. Well, that's what Charlie Pierce is providing the fart noises. I just don't, hey, that was one right there. Uh, by the way, speaking, I have the funniest friends on the planet, of course, including you, Buzz. Yeah. And, and among the very funniest are, of course, Frangela. Oh, my God. Whoa, no, that's the wrong reaction. We need this reaction right here. There we go. Um, well, they can be touched and appreciative. The audience can be both of those <laughs> that's things. That's right. That's time. right. That, this, is the, this is the touching awe. That's what that was. <laughs> that's right. All uh, right. Let's have another one. Of thank you, audience. Yeah, it's it's like, so isn't sweet. that sweet? It's yes, sweet. exactly. Yeah, thank exactly. you for, for retconning that sound effect for me. <laughs> uh, they, you know what? They had me laughing so hard on the interview show yesterday, I accidentally <laughs> yanked my headphones cable right out of the board because uh, I, I like rock back. I've got this, uh, my desk chair like rocks back and so uh-huh. I, I, I tilted my head back and my mouth wide open laughing at, at Frangela talking about their experience on the reality show, the NBC reality show. I'm a celebrity and get me out of here. That is worth the price of admission for uh, yesterday's interview show on our Patreon page. So go to BobSuska.com. If you aren't already there, click the all caps Patreon link just beneath the logo. Scroll right on down the main page on our Patreon page. and You can find it. Interviews from Earth One Frangela. And listen to that thing and make sure whenever they're talking, not to be drinking any beverages or having any like <laughs> headphones plugged into major appliances yeah. or your computer or anything See, like that. See, I have I have made you laugh, but never to that point. And now, you know, I'm I'm a little jealous because uh they could make you come and I couldn't. That's uh, really Really, what it gets down to? Wow. Yeah. Okay. Well, that's that's good. Oh, that, no, we don't need that. We don't need that sound effect. All right, shut up. Um, no, but they they achieved. Uh, you know, they got you there. I I didn't quite get you there, but I can't, I've come very close. So I, I think I get points for that. You've come dangerously close, and I will tell you though. Last week on on the Thursday show, last week, and uh-huh. it wasn't even that I was laughing. 
But right. Jackie Schechner made me spew coffee out of my <laughs> nose in the middle of the show. It went all over my, my computer yeah, monitors. See? I've got four computer monitors. They were all covered in coffee and my well, microphone and, and everything. And it was just it was just me reacting to something interesting that she was saying. It wasn't even laughing. I don't know how that possibly <laughs> there's something wrong with my uh, I don't know, my ear, nose, and throat well, area where I'm spewing. Clearly, I have my work cut out for me. I have, I have challenges. I have challenges to which to rise. That's right. Good luck with that. Good Thank luck. You. Um, okay. So, uh, you know what? Before we dig into, because I want to get your take on uh, uh-huh. Anonymous and everything that's going on with oh, uh, yeah. with yeah. Do- Donald Trump and his favorite person. Anonymous. Anonymous. And, uh, <laughs> but before we dig into that. Uh-huh. Uh, Barack Obama spoke last week as part yes. of his uh, kickoff to his midterm campaigning. And right. uh, among the many things he said, this uh-huh. part jumped out at me. And I think here's what I want to do. I just want to play this and maybe we'll add a couple of comments at the end. But for the most part, I think our younger listeners kind of need to hear some tough love from Obama, making sure Good. we all get out and vote. Here is uh, here is Barack Obama in 2014. Fewer than one in five young people voted. Wow. One in five. One in five. Not two in five. Or three in five. One in five. Is it any wonder this Congress doesn't reflect your values and your priorities? Are are you surprised by that? This whole project of self-government only works if everybody's doing their part. Don't tell me your vote doesn't matter. I've I've won states in the presidential election because of 5, 10, 20 votes per precinct. And if you thought elections don't matter, I hope these last two years have corrected that impression. Yeah, there he is, uh, Barack Obama, sticking it to... uh, Well, I mean, you know, back in 2014, he was the one who uh, was most, well, I guess we we all were to some extent, but, you know, as the sitting president of the time, losing more seats in Congress was uh, it was something that Barack Obama had to firsthand deal with. Right. So, of course, he's not happy with what happened in terms of turnout. But, I mean, that can happen again. I, this, is, this is a thing where, you know, the, the advantage on midterm elections and in terms of primaries and other like non-election day uh, votes. Mm. Uh, you know, the Republicans have the old people and the old people have lots of free time, so they all get out and, <laughs> and they vote. The young people on, are basically the, the core of the Democratic voting base, and they hardly ever get out and vote. Democrats, Democrats have a track record in particular of not turning out for midterm elections. Yeah, right. uh, they do when there's a Republican president uh, because it, 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 this always happens. I mean, Obama, mm-hmm. as you outlined, uh, suffered the same blowback, and now, uh, it, now it's Trump's turn. Yeah. Uh, I think it's, this one's going to be maybe a little harsher. Uh, but yeah, I, he, Obama had so many wonderful quotes to lift out of that and to keep and lift up and to repeat. Mm-hmm. Uh, and the his main message being vote. Uh, clearly yeah. in, in that, that's what he was saying to college students in Illinois. Mm-hmm. Uh, and uh, he's saying it to everybody. Uh, and he's yep. going to keep saying it. And this is great. This is just what we need, I think. is And, and the, the media covers it as, uh, oh, you know, Obama finally came out and bashed uh, Trump. And, yeah, there's been a little of that. But uh, he's not... 
he's not speaking out of school, certainly, at that point. And and although it, it is uh, not traditional, we no longer live in traditional times. That's right. He's, it's, it certainly doesn't seem unethical to me, and certainly not in, in this circumstance. And I'm very pleased that he's going to be on the campaign trail now through Election Day, yep. uh, delivering that message, vote, vote, vote. And, of course, the Republicans are trying to intimidate uh, Democrats out of uh, having Barack Obama stump for them because the idea is that, uh, and we heard this from Ben Shapiro, member of the internet dark web, or the no, not the internet dark web, the intellectual dark web. That's I see. somehow Ben Shapiro <laughs> yeah. made that uh, qualifier. But uh, he was saying the other day on Twitter that every time Barack Obama speaks, Republicans become energized to vote against Democrats. So this is the idea. This is the attempt. This is the way they uh, they try to silence people, try to uh, make uh, Democrats skittish about uh, uh, showing our best face in terms of having a backbone and putting out our, our best people and our best leadership. Uh, on the stump and and that's what yeah. they want they want they yeah. want them to not turn up they want democrats to cower away from I don't taking think, yeah. a tough stand yeah see i don't think that's going to work i no. mean i get it i get it but i don't think it's going to work yeah. I, I think democrats are already too determined i think as far as republican motivation goes uh i think a lot of them are just going to say eh, it's obama flapping his gums again and we don't have to pay any attention to that i think mm-hmm. i and a lot of them have tuned it out anyway a lot yeah. of them you uh, mostly don't know about it depending on how much conservative media chooses to exploit it, and they probably will, uh, you know, to help the Republicans. Uh, but, but I, I just don't know how much of a of a threat that is, or whether the threat. Uh, to these candidates is going to work. No, I don't think so. Not not this time. It's too late in the game anyway. I mean, it was you know yeah, it's happened before, yeah. quite honestly. But I don't think it's going to happen this time. It happened once in yeah, 2000 yeah. when I think Republicans got uh, somehow got into Al Gore's head and said, "Hey, you know what? You bring Bill Clinton out, and it's going to energize Republicans to vote against you." And so, of course, Bill Clinton didn't come out and campaign for Al Gore. And then now we're seeing it a little bit with the issue of impeachment. Like Republicans uh-huh. say, "Hey, you know what? You really want to energize." some Trump supporters start talking about impeachment that'll get them out I think it will yeah yeah, well there's but I mean the the ultimate point of that is that uh, there have Mm. been some people some Democrats who have said hey you know what maybe we shouldn't talk about impeachment and so that's the concern Uh, that was that was earlier that's yeah that word is very much out in the open now it has Mm -hmm. been fun and interesting for me to watch impeachment go from a word no one spoke Mm-hmm. to a, a word that only a few people spoke, mm-hmm. to a word that more and more people spoke, to a word that uh, everybody, and, and up to and including the president, spoke that word. Yeah. Uh, you never hear, you've, we've never heard before of a president talking about his own impeachment. <laughs> no. We've never publicly heard a president or seen a president utter that word. And, and we are now. So now it's like, well, the rules are off. We can talk about his impeachment as much as we want to. Some are still holding back from that. I think it is wise to focus on issues like uh, health care and the economy, uh, that those sorts of things, uh, uh, you know, the things that people care about the most. That's okay. Oh, and by by the way, you mentioned you said the phrase uh, "late in the game" yeah. uh, for Republicans. It really is, and I don't know if you caught this or not. They've proposed a tax cut 2.0. Have you heard about this? No, really. Oh yeah, no, yeah. They surprising. wanted to buy. They wanted to buy some votes ahead of the election yeah. with uh, by extending the uh, middle class tax cuts, uh, making those permanent as as they had already done for corporations and the rich. And they thought, well, this is really going to help. Uh, uh, Trump and the Republican leader. 
leadership are, are in favor. They're on board. They want to do this. Uh, a number of Republicans, however, say, I'm not sure people are going to take this well. You yeah, know? yeah. I'm not sure that, you know, and, and it's something that's not working. Hey, let's do more of it. Uh, the Democrats, of course, are going to oppose it, but they don't want to vote against it because there's an election. So now the consensus is it's not going to happen this year anyway. So, mm. but they they did, it is, it shows a level of desperation as we get down to the final weeks here of, of this campaign uh, that uh, they they are desperate enough to, uh, uh, what about another tax cut? <laughs> <laughs> yeah, and, and speaking Speaking of that, I mean, speaking about uh, Donald Trump and the Republicans being uh, Santa Claus right before the election, right. did you notice Donald Trump suddenly is getting his shit together when it comes to hurricane response right before an election? So the lesson we're getting from Donald Trump's Twitter feed right before Hurricane Florence makes landfall is if you want to have a hurricane, make sure it's right before a midterm election, because that's when Donald Trump actually steps up and starts paying attention and starts actually, you know, governing. And what? Well, I would much rather we'll him. Yeah, you know, I would much rather him not govern at all. Quite, quite mm-hmm. honestly, it's you know, we did just fine in the Santa Rosa fires without Donald Trump com- coming over and throwing paper towels at our heads. So I think that uh, you know, the uh, Americans in South Carolina, North Carolina, and and maybe even to Virginia and so on, will be just fine without uh, Donald Trump's uh, interference. But here's the thing: if I was a Puerto Rican American right now, I would mm-hmm. be really offended by Donald Trump's tweets about Hurricane Florence because it's oh, of course seems to me as if uh, you know my my takeaway would be if you know if I was Puerto Rican would be that uh, oh look Donald Trump pays attention when there are white people in danger right well, that's know, exactly it white mm-hmm. people in red hats in South Carolina and North <laughs> Carolina who are in danger and, right. but but not when it comes to brown people who don't uh, represent any electoral votes for Donald Trump that that's the, the big difference between those two things and you notice too he hasn't declared a state of emergency for virginia yet and what's the difference in donald trump's mind between virginia and north carolina even though both states are in the trajectory of uh, hurricane florence well well of course it's the fact that uh, virginia voted for hillary clinton at least the electoral votes went to uh, hillary clinton in 2016 right. so donald trump's not going to reward them you know that's that's how he looks at these it, things it's it, about reward it's about true. Uh, that's a mistake because Virginia certainly still is a Trump country, uh, even if it, it, it did go. It's it's bare. It's a, it's a state that's barely blue. It's yeah. it's a blue bluish purple, a yeah, purplish purple, blue. Yeah. It's it's somewhere in between those two. But uh, yeah, I, I mean, he will screw up his part of this. We mm-hmm. know that already. Uh, but we also know that the first responders and the uh, military personnel and the others who are rushing to that area and uh, ready to serve that area will do a great job with what they've got to work with. But you're right about Puerto Rico. Mm-hmm. You know, what are we, chopped liver? Well, yes, because you're brown and because you're 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 on an island uh, separate from the mainland, the United States. And, and in the minds of racists and uh, uh, ignorant people and Donald Trump, uh, those people aren't Americans. Yeah. They, they're, they're, it's, it's, I don't know, it's a territory, it's a possession. I don't know, it's not really the United States. <laughs> no. Uh, and, and to some people, as you've seen the, the viral videos, think it's a, an entirely separate country. <laughs> That's right. And, and, it, it wouldn't and, shock me if Trump agreed with that. And this, ladies and gentlemen, again, underscores the importance of education and, mm-hmm. and why people need to 
know uh, things so that they don't do mean, nasty, ignorant things uh, such as we've seen in those viral videos and from the president of these United States. Right. And speaking of uh, Puerto Rico and dovetailing this with 9-11, the total Mm, total deaths on 9-11, 2,996 deaths in Puerto Rico as a consequence of Hurricane Maria, 2,975. So not quite, but but damn close in terms of the, the casualties for both of those uh, horrible, horrible events. And comparatively, it's as if Hurricane Maria never happened. Yeah, exactly right. If you compare that to 9-11. Yeah, I mean, and again, if you look at these numbers, I mean, you talk about an ever-growing list of reasons why Trump should be impeached, and this has got to be pretty damn close to the top, that he continues to absolutely 1,000% ignore Puerto Rico and all the deaths there. I was just talking to someone uh, whose family members uh, live in Puerto Rico still, and they only just recently got electricity back only in the last couple of months and many still don't have it and that's uh people need to be reminded of that Uh, and and uh, people need to care enough to apply some pressure to get puerto rico taken care of Mm -hmm. and just as we are taking care of the white folks in the carolinas and by the way you know four americans uh about six years ago six years ago today died in the benghazi attack and for the subsequent years leading up to just recently, uh, Obama has been relent. Obama, and to a certain extent, Hillary Clinton have been relentlessly investigated for it. Obama for yes. four Americans, two thousand. 975 Americans mm-hmm. died in Puerto Rico as a result of Hurricane uh, Maria and right. Donald Trump's completely, uh, stupendously incompetent response to that uh, that hurricane. And I assure you, every oh, yeah. single Puerto Rican American who will be casting a ballot in November, they're going to remember the image of Donald <laughs> yeah, Trump see? hurling paper towels at people. He doesn't realize, and I wonder if their votes are being counted in the polls, too. So that's, uh, yeah. <laughs> hey, Mr. President. Fuck you! Thank you very much. Um, okay, so regarding, you know, 9-11 real quick. Uh, yes. We'll take a couple seconds to, to talk about 9-11 here for As we should. a minute. And uh, specifically regarding Donald Trump, um, for some reason, and this, this video has been floating around for a long time, and for some reason it was just today that it really, really... Uh, hit me as being something that is just it's got to be in the pantheon of the worst things that donald trump has said throughout his entire career this is i think i know what it is let's hear and see if it is yeah this is donald trump on the morning of 9 11 uh-huh. uh, over videotape of the world trade centers collapsing right this is what donald trump said to a uh, a, a news broadcast uh, you have one of the landmark buildings down in the financial district 40 wall street uh, did you have any damage or did you know what, what's happened down there? Well, it was an amazing phone call I made. 40 Wall Street actually was the second tallest building in downtown Manhattan. And, and it was actually before the World Trade Center was the tallest. And then when they built the World Trade Center, it became known as the second tallest. And now it's the tallest. Oh, you asshole. So, you yeah, asshole. To, to recap, thanks to the terrorists, I now have the tallest building in New York. <laughs> That's right. You know, you know, I'm sure the Red Hats are all going, wow, he's such a great optimist. I mean, what we have to have this guy as president of the United States because he is... And... <sighs> Just would, he's a, a, he's would a smart person would a smart person say that <laughs> on on nine yeah. eleven possibly making their own building a target right yeah. <laughs> yeah I know and you know one other thing I wanted to play too um, 
you know, I think some of our younger listeners may not remember this, and some some of our listeners may not have been following politics around this time, but if you rewind back to the 2004 Republican National Convention in which uh, George W. Bush was renominated by his party to uh, run against John Kerry in uh, the 2004 presidential election, that I'd never seen anything like that convention. Well, up until the Republican convention of 2016 with Donald Trump and all of the awfulness that occurred there. But this particular convention was the fear convention because they, right. the whole idea, I'm sure you remember this buzz. The yes. whole idea was to scare the ever living fuck out of every single American watching and uh, observing if, what was going on at that convention. Essentially, if you don't want another nine 11 vote Republican. Yeah. I mean, here's yeah. just, here's a taste of what we experienced during that convention. This is a super edit of all of the fear-mongering mentions of 9-11 and terrorists and Saddam Hussein and all of it. In the heart of this great city, we saw tragedy arrive on a quiet morning, September the 11th. September the 11th, September the 11th. September 11th, September 11th, September 11th, September 11th, September 11th, September 11th. 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 September 11th, September 11th, September 11th. September 11th, September 11th. September 11th. September 11th, September 11, 2001. Saddam Hussein. Saddam Hussein. Saddam Hussein. Saddam Hussein. Saddam Hussein. Saddam. 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 Saddam Hussein. Wow. War and danger. All right. I'm gonna get us out of that because. Right. I, th- I and think the idea, the idea was, yeah, and it's the old Republican thing of repeat a thing often enough until the public accepts it as true. And mm-hmm. uh, this was, they used uh, uh, people's fear of Saddam Hussein and uh, weapons of mass destruction and yeah. 9-11 and all of that uh, to put us in a war uh, that was good for somebody but not the American people or the people of Iraq. Yeah, and when you hear Republicans say that the Democrats exploit uh, old people when it comes to trying to save Medicare, and Social Security, uh, you know, especially there was an ad that went around a few years ago of uh, Republicans pushing an old lady over, <laughs> over a cliff. It's so, right. so awful. Yeah. It makes me giggle just in, the, right. in terms of the awfulness. And, and of course, the Republicans uh, rip the Democrats to shit because they say, oh, you're exploiting the deaths and da-da-da-da-da. Well, shut the fuck up, for God's sake. Fuck you! Right, because of that convention, as we heard, I mean, my God, God, my God, did they pile it on thick. It was just was so obvious to everyone tuning in. Vote for us because we're going to scare the hell out of you. And that was yeah. the uh, that was the whole idea. Okay, so um, why don't we talk about uh, this anonymous op-ed, Buzz? Because you know, right. this came out after we did our, our Tuesday show together. So, um, or, or did we talk about it last Tuesday? I, I, suddenly, I forgot. I don't think we did. Uh, no, I don't no, think it, Tuesday, it, no, it, it came out fresh, Tuesday. Yeah. yeah, it came out Tuesday night. It came out right. after I think we had finished the, the show on Tuesday, which is usually what goes on with these things. But what things happen so fast, it's hard to keep a timeline. Yeah. So what's your take on this thing uh, as far as, you know, whether or not who, who well, first of all, who do you think it is? Second of all, what do you think the long term impact is going to be of this? I have no idea who it is. My hunch is it's a second tier 
member of the White House staff. Yeah. yeah. Uh, and and uh, as Donald Trump Jr., I believe, has pointed out this morning, uh, the president's uh, inner circle just got a lot smaller uh, <laughs> after after this re- revelation. Yeah. Uh, I have. It's been a journey. Uh, how I feel about this anonymous op-ed piece. Here's what I like about it. Uh, what I liked about it immediately is that it confirmed everything in Bob Woodward's book, which comes out today and is available through our Amazon pages. Yeah. <laughs> but uh, uh, it, 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 it confirms everything in that book. And uh, I think corroboration is valuable at a time that uh, Woodward, a Pulitzer Prize-winning journalist, is being yeah. attacked by a former reality TV host. Right. And uh, so uh, that immediately I was, and I'm pleased anytime anyone speaks up or seems to speak up against the administration. Right. Uh, but then, uh, you know, I, I listened to others, uh, pro and con. I, I gave it a lot of thought. You think about the motives and what this person accomplished. On one hand, they were saying uh, the president's nuts. Uh, and we tried to get rid of him, but we couldn't. So what we're doing instead is, uh, you know, t- protecting the country from him. Uh, but I, we really like his policies, and we want to keep carrying them. What the hell? What's you know? <laughs> where is this person coming from, and what are their motives? Uh, you know, whatever it is, it 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 didn't really help in the long run. And and this is a terrible precedent because as much as we despise Donald Trump, and as much mm-hmm. as we fear the threat that he poses to this country, a, a nearly equal threat is the seeding of power, uh, an internal, an administrative coup, as it's been described, yeah. where uh, other people are usurping the decisions of, of a president. This, in this, if we, we need to get rid of Trump to save democracy, we need to stop this sort of thing to save democracy as well. Because yeah. in my mind, it's as much of a threat as it. So, uh, bottom line, I think more harm than good. And, you know, why would you expose what you're doing that way? Why would you risk exposing yourself as an individual by penning and publishing this thing? Yeah. Uh, I, you know, if, if you're, if it's a warning, you know, we need more than just a warning. You're you're not really helping here. You're telling us stuff we already knew mm. in that sense. And you know, you make a really good point because you know I've been screaming since even before the election that Donald Trump is going to destroy all of the norms and traditions of the presidency. And then mm-hmm. this is something that I think a lot of us have been talking about and observing as a major, major crisis inside the uh, executive branch of government. And I think right. this is something that uh, is going to have to be repaired through I think uh, significant measures. Maybe even constitutional right. amendments are going to have to be uh, ratified in order to reseal some of the loopholes that Donald Trump has sashayed on through uh, <laughs> and exploited. But you know what? Um, at the same time, uh, p- putting together one of these soft coups with the you know Trump administration officials trying to stymie mm-hmm. and, and flummox Donald Trump's worst instincts, I think all at once it's a positive thing because we need someone standing between I keep saying this but it bears repeating we need someone standing between Donald Trump and the nuclear football and besides just a secret service agent who's but, tasked with yeah, carrying it around 
I wonder to what degree they're able to stand between him and That's the nuclear football. True. I, I, I mean, uh, you know, and, and here's where, it, where they didn't help us with uh, immigration. They didn't help us with the Muslim ban. Yeah. Uh, they, you know, uh, they, they, it's, it's interesting. Their concerns are just that he might be nuts. Mm-hmm. Uh, and and uh, but otherwise, we like his policies. Yeah. And we're doing everything we can. And so, have you? I think Obama said this was one of the great things Obama said. Do we honor a guy? Guy who has exposed ten uh, percent of uh, mm-hmm. who has condemned ten percent of what Donald Trump does, while upholding the other ninety <laughs> percent. I again, I agree with Obama. This is no hero. Yeah. And and by the way, his remarks uh, did go a long way to influence my decision. Mm-hmm. But I had already sort of moved to that point anyway. By the time I heard him say those things, I was cheering. Yeah. Well, you know, the other side of this, and this is where I'm I'm becoming quite ambivalent on this issue as far as the uh-huh, identity uh-huh. of this person whether they should step forward or groups of people. I think we're talking about several cells of Trump administration officials who are maybe working independently of each other or maybe have a cooperative effort. Like, remember, we heard... Agreed. Yeah, Agreed. I mean, we maybe heard maybe six or ten months ago that H.R. Uh, McMaster, Mattis, Mad Dog Mattis, and uh, right. John Kelly had formed a generals club where if one of them gets fired, they all resign in protest. That didn't hold up. Though. Yeah, it didn't, actually, because their McMaster's out. But uh, the fact remains that... Uh, we did hear some proto versions of of what we heard from uh, anonymous uh, mm-hmm, occur mm-hmm. earlier on. It was interesting though to hear confirmation from within. But what I was going to say was, you know, in protecting these traditions we shouldn't be encouraging the violations of other traditions. You know what I mean? Right, I think right. That was, two, that was the two point. Wrongs, you, yeah. Two wrongs don't make a right, if you're going to simplify it as I often do. Yeah, yeah that is true. <laughs> so that's a really good point. I hadn't really considered that in my you know, my ongoing crusade to say, you know what, beating my fist against the desk and going, God damn it, we need to stop destroying a presidential tradition. This is where the rubber meets the road as far as the damage goes to right, uh, democratic right. and institutions and the presidency. We can still blame this on Trump. And I did share your initial enthusiasms. Oh, boy, we got another one. Yeah, exactly. But uh, that fades, and uh, you begin to look and think and hear others. And and, uh, I I don't know. I just think on balance, more harm than good. I, I guess I'm glad. I guess thank you. Uh, I, don't, I don't know what I, I don't know what to say, you know, to the, this person or or these folks. I guess that's good. Yeah. Uh, hopefully they've protected us from the worst of things. Mm-hmm. Although I can't imagine uh, things much worse than the Muslim ban, the zero tolerance policy, or and the, the or you know good people on both sides. I just don't see it getting any better than that. Yeah. Well, you know, the the thing that I keep thinking about is that. Uh, Jeez, you know, um, there's there's a layer of protection that goes along with having a, a people keep Donald Trump from doing horrible, horrible things. There are two paths, I think, that Donald Trump is traversing right now. One is a policy legislative path, and the other path is this ongoing destruction that he's responsible for, the destruction of institutions, the uh, the, the ex- exploitation of presidential loopholes in terms of mm-hmm. the rules and traditions and decorum of the office and so on. These are other things that we hear about. So there are these two tracks, and I feel like this anonymous cabal 
is working on the one track with regard right. to traditions and institutions and making sure there aren't any national security disasters. And then there's the policy side, which, well, there's no help at all on that front. And we shouldn't expect any help from people who are inside the administration, loyal Republican conservative servants of Donald Trump. Getting them to act on legislation is a lot more difficult. But I think if we could ultimately have a mole inside the White House who was at least to some extent, flummoxing Donald Trump, I think we would continue to have that mole in the White House if we well, had the choice. We need, we need smarter moles then who won't, <laughs> who, won't, who won't write letters. You know, I mean, we just didn't need that letter. Uh, would, I, would I like them to have quietly continued their work? Um, you know, I'm tempted. Yeah. It's, it's tempting if they're, if they're truly helping. Uh, but, you know, who's to say? And, and they certainly were not elected to say. By the way, if, unless something else comes along in the course of the show today, smarter moles will be the title of today's show. <laughs> Thank you very much. I, I, just to finish this out, if I may, sure. uh, my initial reaction, like I said, was like yours, mm -hmm. and uh, I, you know, I, I, I thought, well, this is really a good thing that that uh, that this is being exposed, uh, and uh, I, I was, I was just grateful. I mean, that was my initial reaction yeah. to that. But uh, and, and, and people debated me on this, and I said, yes, but please bear in mind. None of this would be happening yeah, if Donald right. Trump were not president. I know. You look at the circumstances that seem to have made this necessary. Well, you combine all of that with the Bob Woodward book, and we're going to talk about that a little more. By the way, I looked at some of my records here. We did talk about the Woodward book on last Tuesday. But yes. We're yes, going to dig we it there. We've got more revelations to come, so uh, we're going to dig into that in just one second. But before we do... I want uh -huh. to talk about life insurance because, uh, Buzz, we're both old. Some older than others. <laughs> right. Well, we're both in need of that, uh, the big insurance policy in case something yeah. horrible, horrible happens. Especially for our younger listeners you were addressing. Exactly right. So how are you celebrating, Buzz, National Life Insurance <laughs> Awareness Month, huh? I'm not wearing pants. <laughs> You do? I'm not wearing pants either. See, that's how it's done. Well, look, that's it, right. uh, National Life Insurance Awareness Month rolls around every September, and it's a good thing that it does because only four in ten of us have life insurance. Even though 70% of us say we, we know we need it to make sure our loved ones are cared for, right? But celebrate this. Now is the best time to get covered with rates at their lowest in decades, and Policy Genius is the best place to shop for and buy the right insurance for you. In just two minutes, two you can compare quotes, save money. It's so easy. You can do it right now while you're listening to the podcast. And with their free service, PolicyGenius.com has uh, secured over $20 billion in coverage for over 4 million people for life, health insurance, disability, even renter's insurance, and more. And I can't tell you how valuable renter, renter, renter's insurance actually is. Mm -hmm. uh, maybe, maybe you've put off getting life insurance because it can be confusing or because you haven't had the time, and Policy Genius is here rescuing you. Give National Life Insurance Awareness Month its due. If you've been putting off uh, getting it, there's no reason to delay any longer. Prices are at a 20-year low. Go to PolicyGenius.com and get quotes in minutes. You can do it on your phone while you're listening to the show. Policy Genius, the easy way to compare and buy life insurance. Go do it right now. The Bob Seska Show. The Bob Seska Show, presented by BubbleGenius.com. 
Welcome back to today's show. Buzz Burbank is here uh, from Buzz Burbank News and Comment. Listen to it on iTunes every Thursday or at buzzburbank.com or at realmnetwork.com. Uh, make sure to go shopping through our Amazon link, by the way. It's the all-caps Amazon link just beneath the logo at bobsuska.com. It takes you right to the front page of amazon.com. You can go, you can go buy the Bob Woodward book. And we get a teeny tiny commission from that and some of the other things you purchase. Thank you for doing that. Okay, so as I said, uh, my copy of Fear is uh, in the mail. It's coming here. I can't wait. I'm going to dig into this. I'm going to try to read it. And I got to tell you, Buzz, it is so rare that I actually, as based on my schedule, which you saw on Facebook, mm-hmm. uh, it, it's a difficult thing for me to sit down and actually uh, engage with I a, know. A, a I have a passion. Yeah. I have a passion. I've had a lifelong passion for reading, and I do so much of it for my work. The last thing I want to do when I finish is read, because <laughs> I've just been reading all day, reading right. and writing, and now I'm going to read some more writing. I just, I can't handle it. It's too much. Well, I, I miss it. I hope to get back to it. And, and I will. I mean, I've obviously I read a lot, so it's not like I don't read. It's just I don't get to read, sit down and read books I enjoy. Yeah, I'll be, I'm t- taking off next week, and uh, I will probably read a book. Oh, fantastic! Uh, on that trip, yeah. Well, I, this is the book I'm going to make time to read. Fear because this is uh, yeah. this is draft number one of history. I mean, Bob Woodward has yes. this reputation going back uh, 40, 50 years mm-hmm. as far as, uh, you know, beginning in Watergate and so on. And his reporting with Carl Bernstein, uh, obviously documented in All the President's Men. And then a history of kids. books. Where, yeah. yeah, yeah. I mean, every administration, Bob Woodward publishes a, another book that I think sets the, the infrastructure for the history of that administration moving forward beyond the two terms or one term of that presidential administration. So he, he writes all the president's books. That, that's exactly. <laughs> yeah. Thank you. Um, Plus, this is the first book that really focuses in on Donald Trump's lack of mental fitness for the office. I mean, you know, I think we got a little bit of this from uh, what the Fire and Fury book. And there's some some obviously some reporting about it ongoing in the news. But what this does, because Bob Woodward has such a stellar reputation, especially among the the D.C. elites and the inside the Beltway crowd and so on, the uh, the uh, n- news media circuit and cocktail party circuit, um, that this carries so much weight. And it's about something that we don't often focus on as much because of all of the other things spewing forth from the fire hose of news. So, you know, we get right. we get Russia, we get all these uh, lawsuits, and we get Stormy Daniels, SDNY, emoluments, we get all of the day-to-day horror show uh, elements from Donald Trump's Twitter feed and his public remarks and some right. of the reporting that we hear along those lines. But seldom have we focused recently on his on the basic idea that is, Donald Trump is mentally unfit to be president of the United States. Right. What, what do you mix? What do you get when you mix uh, ignorant, uh, hate, hateful, and insane? What do you when you mix ignorant, hateful, and insane? Right. That's that's what you get. That's, yeah. And so all of these other things that you mentioned that we've been talking about, yeah, these are the little fires that are set off by the big fire. Yeah. The big fire is there's a, there's an insane person in the White House. Right, right. So basically, we've got the Washington Post and the New York Times, the Washington Post with the Bob Woodward book and their connections to that, and the New York Times with the uh, the, the editorial by... Anonymous. Anonymous. And so that's like a one-two punch as far as I'm concerned. And what... What Donald Trump, I don't think, yeah. realizes at this point 
is that this is uh, much more serious than I think he fully comprehends with his teeny tiny chiclet brain. I think he sort of he sort of gets it, but he's behind the curve, and that's yeah. always exciting because, like, if you're watching a detective chase a bad guy on TV, uh, and and you know that he's just right behind, or 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 <laughs> that you know maybe maybe the bad guy knows that the cops onto him, but he doesn't realize how close. You yeah. know, he doesn't realize it's here and now, and that's. That's where Trump is, and it's partly because he's ignorant and partly because he's stupid, you know. So these are his personality characteristics mm-hmm. again coming into play. But yeah, it's it's very very close. It's closing in fast, and he does not fully appreciate uh, the jeopardies. And I do think his awareness of it has increased recently. Yeah, he's he's catching up to speed. He's not up to speed, but he's. I think he now realizes that this could be serious, and he's starting to do some things. He start, he has some ideas. I don't know if I mentioned this before or not he's convinced that all he needs to do is go out and make do these campaign rallies and uh, there will be no blue wave yeah he believes he can stop the blue wave he had nothing to worry about here you folks just go back to your desks i'll go out and hit the trail and i'll take care of this this will be fine well away he what he does not realize because he's ignorant and stupid is that it's not going to work no. it's not it's just not going to work so in that sense he has no idea yeah. what's coming he doesn't well, i believe my lead line Last week in my news was Donald Trump. Everyone else sees the freight train headed for Donald Trump, but not Donald Trump. <laughs> right. Because well, yeah. he thinks that his his method of punching his way out of this paper bag is going right. to be, oh, check out the economy. Check out all, uh-huh. the, all of the things oh, those, that I've done. Oh, yeah. those poor people in the Carolinas. <laughs> right. Which, which is going to be the next thing. Yeah, which just amounts to Donald Trump saying this. Why can't you give me the respect, the respect. that I'm entitled to? <laughs> That's right. He just doesn't understand. But here's the thing. I mean, not only does he not understand that this is the first draft of history, and this is going to be an albatross yeah. around his neck to the day he dies and beyond. The other thing that he doesn't quite understand is that this is has now entirely, entirely crippled his ability to lead because he is not going to be able to rely on the word of any, not a single one of his advisors, whether new or old, long-term, short-term, it doesn't matter. Anyone who's working inside the administration, anyone who works inside the White House is now suspect. I mean, he said it himself, we got the word the other day, that the only people he can trust anymore are his children. Whatever Donald Trump may think about Jared Kushner and Ivanka and Derp Jr. Mm, and the whole gang. Their family. Them, yeah, mm. Forrest Gums, his other son. You know, it's just like these <laughs> these people, you know, if that's who you're relying on to run the country as your advisors, right. you are fucked 100%. I- I think there are probably a couple of more people than that. I think there are probably are uh, two or three or four people in the White House, maybe who uh, who are not family. He might include in that. Mm. Uh, judging from what Donald Trump Jr. was tweeting today about uh, Dad's uh, circle of uh, advisors has gotten very, very small. Yeah. Uh, so I, you know, I, I they, uh, there are one or two others Trump pretty much has to include in that mm-hmm. circle and 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 has to trust. And I, I think maybe he has a sense of. 
I, you know, I, I started to say maybe he has a sense of who's loyal and who isn't, but it hasn't worked for him so far. So, uh, <laughs> no. uh, you know, I, uh, for uh, to a dangerous degree. So, I, you know, I, I don't know. But uh, it, everyone can see now, even a lot of Republicans can see that this man is not in. One of the things we learned from Woodward's book and the anonymous uh, op-ed is uh, Trump is not in control of the White House. That's right. Uh, and uh, other people are, other people who were not elected to do that job. And uh, that's a, that's a, just a frightening thing to to a lot of people, including Republicans. Yeah. Well, I've, I'm putting myself in Donald Trump's teeny tiny shoes, and I'm going, <laughs> you know what, look, he is, he has got to be looking at every single person who steps foot in the Oval Office. Is it you? Uh, is it you? Is it you? You know, he's... Nixon Nixon was the perfect uh, cartoon character for paranoia. Nixon yeah. wore paranoia better than Trump does. Because <laughs> you, you could draw, the kind of political cartoonists could draw Nixon paranoid. Uh, Trump is a little harder. It's a little harder to draw that expression on his face. Yeah. But, but, but there is uh, an equivalent paranoia in this White House. But it's much more fun to watch Donald Trump being paranoid and freaked out than it is, I think, to watch Nixon, dude. Don't you think? Because- yeah, I just wish it were more visible, uh, visible on Trump as yeah. it was on Nixon. That's true, yeah. Yeah. (laughs) Nixon's face was like an open book. There was uh, no (laughs) two ways about that. But, you know, uh, speaking of books, Donald Trump promised to write the real book about his administration. Right. Got to learn how to read first. That's right. And, you know, you can spend a lot of time writing a book while you're in prison. That's something that a lot of people do. Well, that's true. (laughs) Good luck, uh, Donald Trump. But, you know, he's going to have to, if he's working in prison, I, well, I guess if you're in prison, you can still use a ghostwriter. I guess that's possible. Which yeah, oh yeah, and then, of course he will because he always has. Yeah. And, but uh, I mean, a book is a 280 characters. Does that count as a book? Does that? <laughs> well, he's gonna write it while he's sitting at the reception desk at Mar-a-Lago, like he did with the State of the Union that one time with that giant <laughs> that giant notepad that one that cartoon sized notepad he was writing on, pretending <laughs> well, pretending to write in. Uh, but yeah, I, I mean, I have no. Obviously, he's going to tr- try to write this revision history of his administration uh and most uh, ex-presidents do a book uh, once they leave a book of memoirs but the thing is that um my concern moving forward buzz and, and this co- kind of speaks to the divide politically as far as w- what percentage of american voters are donald trump supporters and will always be donald trump supporters which is that there are enough of them so that there will be two separate and distinct histories of the Trump administration. There will be the yeah, Earth One but, history, which, which we're all experiencing, and then there's going to be the Earth Two history, which Donald Trump will, and, and all the red hats will fabricate out of thin air, don't you think? And, and sad, I do. And sadly, uh, we live in a world where we have two sets of history books on evolution. Yeah, that's two, true. We have multiple sets of yeah. history books on American history mm-hmm. uh, that uh, tell the story differently and uh, with different flavors, with different twists, to yep. them, different slants to them. Uh, and and that's concerning, you know, because mm-hmm. what we really want uh, from science and education is the truth and yep. the facts. Uh, ha- however, uh, again, the latest polling <laughs> shows that we uh, that that we're down to three in ten now uh, supporting Trump, and some numbers on some questions on some points. We're in the twenties, so uh, that book will have to be written by and read by a supreme minority of the American people, and mm-hmm. that's the good news. Just as it is with, say, evolution, 
You had something about polling that I want to talk about. Maybe this is a good oh, time I to do. do it because I want to come back to uh, we're going to take a, a break here in just a second. Mm-hmm. But uh, when we come back, we're going to talk more about the fear and some of the revelations that have come out. One from Gary Cohn, yep. another one from Pigman John Dowd. We're going to talk yeah. about all that coming up. But I want to hear about uh, about your observation regarding the polls, because we've seen Donald Trump's dropping precipitously in the polls right now. Do you have some additional information along those lines or what? Uh, just that. Yeah, I mean, the big news the one that made the big news this week was the cnn poll and uh, yeah. now there are at least uh, two other polls that uh, support that to, that show a similar drop uh in his popularity over the last month and over the last month especially in this last uh, last week or so uh is when we learned of the uh woodward books contents and uh, read the op-ed the anonymous op-ed from the new york times mm-hmm. so uh, americans views were tra- were fading anyway. So their opinions, favorability was fading anyway on Trump, yeah. and uh, these uh, coincidental events uh, cemented that and and uh, accelerated it. Uh, but those aren't the polls that that I, I want to talk about. I am here, Bob, today to issue a blue nami watch. Oh wow, that's, uh, that's yeah, good news. Yeah, yeah. Now I I think it's I think it's time to issue the blue nami watch because and and here's what I think the polls already show. Uh, Democrats in the lead. And, you know, we've been burned by polls before, and we have a problem right now. I I have been a long... This has been another epiphany for me in the last week. In addition to the one that I had about the anonymous op-ed writer, I've had one about polls as well. I've always been a fierce defender of them. And I still think they're very important because they do affect voter turnout and that affects election results and they are a reality. So therefore they are important and it's important that they be correct. Sometimes they aren't. I know you've had experience with that. Mm -hmm. I know a lot of people were misled when polls accurately predicted Hillary Clinton's popular vote victory yeah, and then were dismissed by a majority of the American people turned against polling and pollsters and poll results when Trump won through the Electoral College. Mm-hmm. They were taking out their anger on the scientists, mathematicians, and sociologists who conduct this very intense scientific highly mathematical research that I have so much respect for the process as they carefully try to sample uh, the American public and the views of that sampling. And uh, so, but obviously they have flaws in the case of uh, like Andrew Gillum in Florida. Yeah. uh, Two polls here, statewide polls. And by the way, statewide polls, which is what we'll be relying on for the upcoming midterms, because we're talking about our local congressional and gubernatorial races, statewide polls, not nearly as big or as accurate as national polls. National polls by big companies tend to be pretty accurate. Uh, Polls by smaller companies and uh, universities cities and colleges, statewide polls, eh, not so much. Right. Uh, two polls in Florida put Andrew Gillum in fourth place in the primary, and he won. He finished in first. They predicted he was in fourth and third. He finished in first. Wow. How could they be so wrong? What happened? Yeah. Uh, I've, I've read evidence that this year's polling for the midterms has a blind spot. And by the way, he's not the only one. Surprise wins for Stacey Abrams and uh, uh, Ben Jealous in Maryland, Alexandria Ocasio-Cortez. 
Ayanna Presley, none of these folks were supposed to win. They were all trailing in the polls, according mm-hmm. to the polls, and then they won. How does that happen? Well, obviously, the pollsters are missing something, missing some people. Who are they missing? They have a blind spot. What is that blind spot? Uh, the evidence I've seen indicates that it's uh, millennials and minorities, but moreover, and both of those groups are included in people who don't usually vote. This election is already, even in the primaries, bringing out people who do not normally vote, and they are not being counted, partly because they are minorities or millennials, uh, with uh, millennials with cell phones, uh, minorities mm-hmm. sometimes with no phones, uh, and, and other, uh, other challenges, uh, not being counted for whatever reason. Yeah. Uh, black people are being surveyed. It's not like black people are not being surveyed in these polls. They are. They're scientific. But we're missing the segment. So the, the, the demographic that's being missed in this year's polling is people who don't usually vote. Hmm, and, and and that just changes everything. So if the Democrats had a lead without counting the people who don't vote, <laughs> and if the people who don't usually vote have already proven to us that they will not only vote in the general, they'll vote in the primary, yep. then there's a whole lot of people out there mm. uh, to add to the Democratic side. And uh, who are who are these people? Who are these people? <laughs> They, because we have uh, minority candidates and women candidates, minorities of all races mm. and colors, uh, w- women candidates, younger candidates. Now suddenly, uh, minority voters and millennials are interested. Yeah, and and they've seen how bad things can get. So you combine those two things, they're turning out for these minority candidates and these female candidates and these younger candidates, uh, and they're voting Democratic. So there's a huge Democratic block that isn't being and hasn't been up to this point. Now maybe maybe the polls are right themselves, but up to this point, clearly in the primaries, they were way off. They missed a score, at least a half a dozen races that I can document, uh, and it's because they're they're not counting the people. This to me was a a huge revelation for someone who's always believed in the, the science of polling yeah. to see this blind spot, to see exactly what this blind spot is and what it means to Democrats in the midterm election. Mm-hmm. It means it might be a blue NAMI. And again, the thing that's keeping me from getting happy, as it were, is the uh, fact that uh, there's this wild card of Russia out there. And, you know, I mean, when it comes to the polling lapses in 2016, well, of course, of course, Nate Silver and the others are not a cook political report and all the rest of them are they had no way of factoring in Russian propaganda and Russian influence on uh, maybe Trump voters who were swinging or leaning toward I mean, uh, Obama voters who were leaning toward Trump in 2016. They didn't have that knowledge to be able to apply that filter to their algorithms. And I think maybe they're doing some of that now. I, uh, at least I hope they are. Maybe Um, there's a blind spot in every election this year. The blind spot is uh, Democrats who don't normally vote. Yeah, that could be. I, I, I hope that's the case. I, I really, really hope that uh, the Democrats who stay home on a, uh, typically or have this contrarian view of uh, both sides are just equally as terrible and I'm going to protest vote by not turning up. Uh, yeah. I hope these people have seen 
the the error in their ways because and and they've seen the error in their ways and they've seen the results of, of what can happen yeah. if they do turn out. Exactly. Ask Andrew Gillum if he thinks this is true. Right. Ask Alexandria Ocasio Cortez if if she thinks this is true. Mm-hmm. I'm sure they do. Yeah. I'm sure they know they wouldn't have won the nomination for their parties in their races if it had not been for that. If, That's there, right. if it had not been for this turnout by Democrats who don't normally vote. It feels like we're st- like stranded on a mountainside and we're <laughs> we're you know we're eating our dead comrades. It's like a, the movie Alive and we're just stranded uh-huh. by the airplane and we're trying to survive in the uh, tundra of the Andes mountains. And uh, and we're waiting on someone who is kind of not reliable to rescue us and that that is democratic younger voters and i and i really hope they uh they bring it this time because i think i see them coming up the mountain yeah here they come Uh, so hopefully that's the case well thank you buzz and you know we're gonna take a we're gonna take a quick break and we're gonna come back we're gonna talk about gary Cohn and uh pig man john dowd and the fact that donald trump was referred to to his face as disabled this is pretty great uh more show right after these words You can't always get a clean you can feel good about inside and out unless you're using Bubble Genius Bath and Body Products. See, Bubble Genius is a woman-owned small business proudly creating our vegan-friendly products in America and supporting other U.S. businesses by buying our ingredients and supplies from them as often as possible. Plus, you'll be hard-pressed to find packaging as recyclable as ours. Visit BubbleGenius.com and check out our cause-related items too, like our global warming soap and a lot more. We donate our proceeds for those items to worthy causes, like organizations combating climate change and mountaintop removal mining. Good stuff like that. We also send our products to the troops overseas through our Buy a Soldier a Shower campaign. Because the least we can do is keep them smiling and smelling great, right? So visit BubbleGenius.com and feel good and clean. Bubble Genius, doing our part to make the world a better place, one bathtub at a time. That's BubbleGenius.com. This is the Bob Seska Show, presented by BubbleGenius.com. Yeah, welcome back to today's show. Thank you for joining us. Um, Notify the affiliates we're running late today. So uh, surprise! <laughs> it, 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 that only seems to happen when I'm here. I think that's I one thing. I can't. I I do last longer than the other guests. <laughs> Man, oh my god! Oh my! Do I? What do I have to play this again? Do I have to do? It was so gross. All right. Yeah, um, so Trump told Gary Cohn we should just print more money in order to pay off the debt. This is according to Bob Woodward's new book, Fear. Mm-hmm. Trump on the White House uh, during a chat about various economic issues. Cohn told Trump that the Federal Reserve would likely increase rates during his first term in office, to which President buy high, sell low (laughs) reportedly (laughs) responded, quote, we should just go borrow a lot of money, hold it and then sell it to make money. This suggestion and, quote, lack of basic understanding about how federal debt works uh-huh. apparently sent chills up the spine of Gary Cohn, who explained that borrowing more money would, in fact, increase the deficit and add to the debt. Doy! 
Do you see why uh, high-ranking officials in the Trump administration refer to him as an idiot That's and a right. moron? Yep. I mean, we kind of sensed that already uh, years two years ago. Uh, <laughs> now we graphically know uh, that, that really smart people in high places agree with us. That's right. And, and that's uh, sort of reassuring to at least know uh, that we're on the right track here. Yeah, yeah. Well, then uh, he wasn't, Donald Trump wasn't finished with his suggestions to Gary Cohn for how he can completely eliminate the federal debt. That was his campaign promise. Mm-hmm. Uh, the president-elect offered a solution to Gary Cohn. Just run the presses. Print money, Trump said, according to Bob Woodward. Cohn suggested that would uh, be detrimental to the fiscal and economic health of the United States, since printing vast amounts of money is thought to lead to, of course, inflation. Cohn also pointed to the federal debt ceiling, a statutory limit to the amount of debt the federal government can have outstanding. Even approaching the debt ceiling can be or even uh, approaching it. The debt ceiling can be harmful to the stock market and U.S. economic growth. But according to Woodward, Cohn's message did not seem to connect with Donald of Trump. Of course not. Of, of course, course not. it didn't. Right. It was clear that Trump did not understand the way the U.S. government debt cycle balance sheet worked, Woodward wrote. And of course, this is not shocking at all, because this is coming from a guy who watches Fox News Channel 24-7. And on Fox News Channel, they don't understand where it comes from. They don't understand how the deficits feed the national debt and how the national debt is separate from the deficits, even though they're still you know moderately connected connected, right so these are things that they just don't understand generally so it's not a shock to know that donald trump who who gets everything he knows about politics from fox news channel simply doesn't understand how the debt actually works (laughs) but that isn't the most shocking story that we're getting now from bob woodward's book which i think some of you are already reading this is uh this is best described from last night's uh uh, late show with stephen colbert where bob woodward was the guest and this is this is Stephen Colbert and Bob Woodward talking about uh, Donald Trump's, uh, what was it? It was like a rehearsal for his yes. Q&A with Mueller conducted right. by John Dowd and right. uh, and Sekolo in inside the Oval Office. Mm-hmm. And it was just a disaster. And then, then John Dowd criticizes uh, Donald Trump at the very end. And this actually culminated in the uh, the final words of Bob Woodward's book. We'll just let uh, Woodward describe it here. What makes you afraid? Oh, uh, afraid? Well, uh, what fills uh, you with fear? The, the first is not knowing, and that's what we've got to do. We need to know what's going on. How yeah. will we know what's going on? Because the hallmark of Trump's behavior in this book is from day to day, he may or may not remember what his idea was yesterday. <laughs> yes, yeah. That, that's true, and that's part of the problem. And you and, also say the so, very last line of the book, not to interrupt oh, you, but uh, I want to get many questions in okay. here. Well, thank you very yes, much, Counselor. The right. very <laughs> the very last line of the book, not to give yeah, it, it away, it's it, worth reading the entire thing, has, I promise it, you. It has the F word. It has it. the F word here. Yes, This right. is Dowd, his lawyer, talking about the president. Right, says, right at the end, yes. after they've practiced a session in the White House, and you know, mm-hmm. and the lawyer acts like he's Mueller, and he asks the questions of Trump, yep. and Trump mm-hmm. goes ballistic, makes things up, starts screaming. Wow. Uh, Dowd thought if he'd been Mueller, he would have been fired right on the spot. Right. And, mm-hmm. uh, and he says, Mr. President, you know, either you do this my way or you're going to be fitted for an orange jumpsuit. Yes. 
and uh, you can't testify. You, you are disabled. I mean, imagine the lawyer, <laughs> wow. your lawyer telling you're disabled. Wow. Right. And you can't testify because you can't tell the truth. You and, just make things up. And I'll say it because I don't have the credibility you do. Dowd couldn't, knew he could not bring himself to say to the president, you're a f-ing liar. And that's how you end the book. Yeah. I think you buried the lead. <laughs> <laughs> Stephen Colbert. National treasure Stephen Colbert. National yeah. treasure Bob Woodward. Uh, you know, some of the best serious interviews, uh, best interviews of serious people about serious topics have yeah. been conducted by comedians mm-hmm. uh, because they have this knack at sort of getting into the heart of things. By the way, there's another profile of Stephen Colbert in Rolling Stone. you got to read it. It's uh, ah, well, well worth reading from top to bottom. Okay, so the other thing is, that uh, obviously that uh, uh, John Dowd thinks that Donald Trump is disabled. John Dowd, the pig man. A pig man. A pig man. A pig Right. So John Dowd uh, needs to step forward. You know, we talk a lot about this anonymous character or the, the group of characters inside the White House who need to step forward. I think John Dowd needs to speak out publicly at this point wow. about some of I these things. I don't know. I'd be interested to know what the legal ethics are on that. I don't know if a lawyer can do that. I, I don't recall any case of someone's former lawyer coming out and saying oh man i'm glad i'm out of there he's guilty as hell i don't i haven't ever seen that happen before and i know there's a lot more at stake here but uh judicial ethics are what they are and i don't see dowd doing that well I, I don't know. I mean, someone told Bob Woodward about what happened in that meeting, and I doubt there were a lot of people hanging around inside watching Donald Trump make an ass of himself, trying to uh, uh, punch his way out of these these questions. And I, you know, so I think it's entirely possible that uh, the pig man said something to Bob Woodward and described some of these events to him firsthand. So if that's actually the case. Well, then, to me, the onus is on uh, John Dow to step forward, even more so than some uh, anonymous group of uh, Trump administration officials. If John Dow thinks that uh, Donald Trump is mentally unfit and is a liar and is, in fact, disabled, I think that is something that needs to be public. I mean, you talk about... I mean, I agree in principle. I I do. I just don't know if it's something that... Uh, like I said, would I don't think I don't know if it's something that could really or would happen. Well, maybe maybe we need to bring in a taint team to <laughs> to check out whether or not it's attorney-client privilege. And well, they they are lawyers, so yeah. the, the taint team can can save us in all of this. So uh, the other thing is, and before we wrap up the show today, this is a uh, really really important to talk about burying the lead. One of the things <laughs> in the Bob Woodward book is that Trump uh, uh, tr- wanted to tweet something that would have sparked a nuclear confrontation on the Korean Peninsula. Uh Donald Trump basically wanted to announce on Twitter that he was pulling out all of our citizens from South Korea, that he was evacuating every American out of South Korea. And he was going to announce this on Uh Twitter without consulting any of his national security people. Of course. And and you can imagine what happened. All of these people inside the White House must have just tackled him down. I mean, we, we always talk about We've been doing this since uh, Trump was elected. We've always, always been talking about Trump's staffers trying to wrestle his phone away from him or, or <laughs> Trump, like, dashing off into the toilet or something to tweet so his staffers don't know what he's doing uh, so they can't take his phone away. This is... He said... He drafted a tweet saying, quote, 
We are going to pull out dependents from South Korea, family members of the 28,000 people there, which would have signaled to North Korea that we're about to attack them. That's yes. that's what you do right yeah. before you're about to t- attack another nation. Where where your people are, you get them out of there before you start uh, reciting the launch codes. It's the stark reminder of how close we've come. Yeah. And and that see to me that's that's an example of Trump's people standing between him and the nuclear football. See, I all, most of my life, I mean from I was a kid when Kennedy was assassinated and uh, ever since then, I've heard news accounts saying uh, of someone who tried to approach or uh, attack a president mm-hmm. ever since then, yep. uh, you, you would hear repeatedly in news accounts, secret service agents wrestled the man to the ground. <laughs> and and, and I, if I heard that once, I heard that like a dozen times over, <laughs> over the years. And uh, now we're in a position where maybe the secret service should wrestle the president to the ground. Yeah. Well, it sounds like there have been some cases in which that's actually happened, where he has uh, tried to do something like this, pull a, a, a stunt like this. And the, the crazy thing about this is not not just that he was going to tweet this out, mm-hmm. but that he didn't understand why he couldn't. You know, he didn't understand yeah, I know. that. I know. Yeah. He's a kid. He's a stupid kid. Right. He's, He's a like, stupid, crazy, hateful kid. What does this button do? That's basically uh-huh. Donald uh-huh. Trump every damn day. Oh, don't push that. Well, I'm going to push it anyway. Yeah, you know, it's like the beginning of Far Out Space Nuts, that uh, Uh Sid and Marty Croft show, that Saturday morning show, where, you know, Bob Denver presses the launch button when he meant meant to press the lunch button. You know, I said lunch, not launch. And that's that's Donald Trump. Donald Trump's going to order lunch one of these days, and and inadvertently he's going to press launch. He was raised by by wolves. (laughs) That's right. Donald Trump running around the forest with a little tiny loincloth being raised by wolves. Oh, God, stop. Oh, it's horrible. Okay. Now you've gone too far. <laughs> I know, I think I have. All right, well, Mr. Orgasm joked twice today. Thank you very much. Uh, all right, we got the postmortem show coming up tonight. Lots more. I- I've got some tough love for Joe Manchin of West Virginia, who did something stupid in an ad again. We got to get into that, plus uh, a lot more. We're going to talk about stupid Watergate, of course. And. Uh, Good God! There's uh, there, this this attack, this mysterious set of attacks against against American personnel in Cuba and China. I talk about that. that. I'm talking about those sonic attacks. I and, know. Yeah, I'm and, ready to talk about that. And, and I was unawares that it happened in China too. I thought yes. it was just Cuba, not just oh. China. Yeah. So, God damn it. All right. So, we're going to dig into that on the Postmortem Show. Make sure to go sign up, support our bonus content on our Patreon page, and also listen to our interview with Frangela. And so many others. That's where you do it. Uh, it's the all caps Patreon link just beneath the logo at bobseska.com. Click it, and then you can choose different levels of your support for your monthly uh, your monthly donations along those lines, and you get lots of free additional content in, in exchange for your support. So thank you for doing that in advance. So thank you for following the show on Patreon and, and participating in the comments and so on. Uh, join the fun. Join our community of listeners over on our Patreon page. This is where all the action is happening, right? All right, big show coming up on the postmortem show. Meanwhile, Buzz Burbank can be heard at buzzburbank.com, also at uh, realmnetwork.com, also iTunes, Stitcher Radio, and uh, every place that carries your finest podcasts. That's right. Uh, let's see what else. Uh, 
Uh, Mark and Lowell can be found at realmnetwork.com. Jody Hamilton's at from-the-bunker.com. Stephanie Miller's at stephaniemiller.com. Kimberly Johnson at patreon.com slash startmeup. And David Ferguson at uh, 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 patreon.com slash the T-Rex report. Take care, folks. We'll see you on uh, Wednesday with Jen Kirkman, interviewing Jen Kirkman tomorrow. Take care. Bye-bye.